Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Heather. Today, we are joined by Steven Sanchez and Giselle Laborde Sanchez of Meta Tours and Travel. Established in 1965, Meta Tours and Travel wants to share the world and bring you the best cruises, vacations, and packages. Their friendly, knowledgeable agents will work hard to bring you the best at 5209 North Clark, now on the second floor. Welcome, Stephen and Giselle. How are you today? We're doing really well. Doing great. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. Um, we're going to get started. Uh, and if you could just tell us a little bit about yourselves and your background, and have you always been in the travel industry? Uh, I like to say that we've been, I've been in the travel business my whole life. Um, this is a generational business where it started with my father back in 1965 in Lincoln Park. And I was working with him when I was five years old, putting, you know, brochure, you know, state, uh, putting brochures together for them. And then um, when I was in high school, I started working on a more uh, permanent type of um, schedule on the summer vacations and so forth. So uh, I've been doing this a lot, a long time. My background is a bit different than, uh, than Giselle. Giselle's actually my mother. So it's, if you catch me saying mom. Uh, please forgive me. Um, but I as well um, have been around this business my entire life, obviously. Since I was born, my mom and my dad um, were always, uh, you know, working working hard to keep the business uh, moving along. And obviously I would help uh, help them in the office, whether it was um, picking up picking up calls, um, helping helping them manage their uh, some of their literature brochures and stuff like that, or just my dad giving me a, um, you know, a garbage bag and say, Hey, you know, pick up the garbage around the office. Um, I never really intended to join forces with them after college. Um, but after some compelling, uh, conversations and, and my realization that the industry is changing, um, immensely. And, and obviously this, this digital age that we're in, um, does require a fresh take that I feel like um, I'm able to bring to the table. I I thought it'd be fun to um, come into work every day with my mom and dad um, and, and, and keep this thing alive. So here we are. I want to say that my husband was not originally, you know, um, I met him and he was an accountant and my father brought him into the business after a few years of us being married. So he kind of inherited you know, was brought in by marriage, but he brought, he brought his skills as from an accounting background into our business. A nice, a nice fresh take. Actually, I'll uh, chime in there as well. He, Cause obviously the, the, the business goes way back. Like, like you mentioned, Giselle, 1965, um, with your father, my grandfather. Um, but George, my dad, um, who coincidentally shares the same name as my grandfather, um, you know, came in similarly to me with with the the ambition to bring to the table a fresh take. Um, and when he did, um, when he did join forces, I guess then with with my with my grandfather, uh, his idea was to kind of um, not franchise uh, per se. That that's not the right word, but um, expand. Expand. Yeah, that's a better way to put it. Expand and open up. Um, open up offices all around the city of Chicago. So at one point we had um, 17 agencies in the Chicagoland area. We had 
one in Waukegan, one in Palatine as well. So yeah, so in the Chicagoland area, quite a few, um, which at that time was was it 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 was a it was a very happening industry. Um, that was the business model in the eighties and early nineties. Was we were a ticketing location for uh, in the neighborhoods, of, uh, in the primarily Hispanic neighborhoods, and we the more locations you had, the better because the way the airlines used to work was very beneficial to have more ticketing locations, and we did do that. You had to have access. What, what was the I always ask George, my father, I always ask what was his, um, why was he so compelled to expand so quickly? And what, and I often ask him like, what are, what are some of your regrets as well? Um, and he, his answer is always not opening up more. Um, because didn't, didn't you guys at that moment, at that time have, uh, I mean the industry's changed so much, but at that time, didn't you have act, not access, but weren't you contracted? By the airlines, uh, with yeah. The, airlines. the more vol, it was a volume-driven type of industry where the more tickets you had issued, the more volume, the more. Um, this is pre-online sales. Yeah, pre-online too. sales. The more you sold an airline tickets, the more commissions you'd get, and then the more the better positioning you were. So, the more, you know, the more offices you had, the more market you had selling. So that was extremely beneficial. Plus, we also had like. Um, it was a, an air, a time when a lot of smaller other sub agents used to have little were selling tickets as well because again the commissions were so high uh, that we had probably about three hundred sub agents buying from us as well besides our individual locations to the public. Essentially, wholesaling air. Yeah, which but is that changed a, quite a bit. That's it's, changed. It's completely it's completely it's changed, and a lot of agencies um, have not been able to adapt. Uh, to these changes, um, obviously, um, our business model now is completely is, is, is different. way different. And I think um, you, you got to really give credit to I, I give I give so much credit to 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 the guys at the top. I mean, you and, and George for finding new uh, avenues for revenue and, and ways to survive what was a really um scary time for for travel agencies i mean those that that are still around um have something to speak for yeah and and what it, what it has done is as an individual right and w- most of our agents in the office right now have most of them have been with us for over 15 some of them 20 years so they have come f- they're they're true travel agents i mean or travel advisors they really love what they do They've traveled. Most of them have traveled extensively, either through a lot of regions in the world or specific regions that we specialize in. And so we've grown, you know, we've grown from that and we've become specialized. So now, but we've had to evolve from mostly ticketing to more of providing travel services and uh, more of a complete type of product, including air, transportation. we become almost like uh, concierges per se. We arrange things for clients, not just your air and the hotel and and, trans- and basic transportation. We make dinner reservations. We'll make spa reservations. We'll find out if you have a particular interest in a specific city, be it horseback riding or be it um, if somebody has an interest in uh, like an interest in uh, 
like warriors or something, a specific type of history, something in history that they're going to be visiting in a city, they can, that we can make those arrangements. Or if they're into certain dance and they want to see specific dances or uh, we can make, you know, we, we try to make those arrangements. For them. I think that's a good call. I feel like we've kind of hijacked this thing though. So Ooh. No, you're all good. Okay. We can, because I'm sure there's much, much more to expand on on all of those points. There so, is, there is, yeah. and I do wanna, I do wanna touch on on that as well. What Giselle just mentioned, but I, I don't wanna hijack this mic from you guys. So. No, I, no worries. I, I, I guess I'm just curious. You know, with your father, like what drove his decision to kind of open the business, oh, um, cool. and then, you know, cutting to now, and you do only have the central Anderson lo- location, right? Yes. And what brought you to Andersonville, and kind of what. How, what was this decision to kind of just keep this location? Great question. You want to answer yep. that? Yep, great question, because this was pre-Steven. My father emigrated from Cuba to the United States in his mid, uh, I'm sorry, in his early 20s. And this was prior to the revolution. He emigrated right after the Second World War. He loved to travel. And this is in an age where air travel was just starting. Mostly the railroads were the mode of transportation, the major mode of transportation, people traveling. And he worked for the railroads. And then he got into the airlines started being, you can sell tickets. And so he ended up um, trying to, he opened up as a branch of an office in Miami named Mena Travel because none of us are men on my dad's name was Laborde, but this is an agency that existed in Cuba prior to the revolution. And they had a, they had opened in Miami and he opened up as a branch office of them. And he, in, he opened it because he loved travel. He started working for popular mechanics in Spanish and he was an editor for them and he would travel throughout Latin America in these small little, uh, Pan Am, you know, um, DC-3s, and he loved air travel, and he loved ex- seeing different places in the world, and this is the reason why he opened up a travel agency. I think it was those experiences that introduced him to the kind of the exclusivity and the this how special it was to to actually get on an airplane. It was yeah. such a it was such a privilege back then, yeah. Um, and and he thought that it would be a great idea to come up with some sort of way to commercialize the the experience of of traveling getting on a getting on a big plane and and getting somewhere yeah so that's why i wanted to say that because you know and then he concentrated on what he knew best which was the the hispanic market in chicago which with that in those days was not very big but um you know he turned you know he turned this into not just his own business but a generational business that has grown you know, in the sense of now his grandson is in it. Who would think, right? Who would think? We are the little engine that could. Just remember that. That's I keep saying that, the little engine that could. The reason for the move here is because we, at the time, it was, the reality is we were looking for um, an area that maybe was more Hispanic. Um, And... Andersonville was closer to some Hispanic neighborhoods that we were um, that we were looking for as far as clientele, but we also liked the appeal of the small stores. Uh, we liked the appeal that it was still very much a walking street. For being on Clark Street, there was still a lot of people walking on the street, and Andersonville 
30 years ago um, was just starting to, it still had a lot of small businesses from the Swedish neighborhood and a lot of Swedish stores. We were like the Hispanic neighbor, you know, agent walking, you know, moving in here. But we, we, we loved the neighborhood. It was a good neighborhood. We liked the walking traffic. And it evolved into something totally different than we expected, but we we actually are very happy about that change. Well, not and not to forget to mention either, um, George, my father, was very much focused on expansion too at that time, and he hadn't had or hadn't really seen too many opportunities or thought of too many too many ways of. It was it was in other words, it was his first kind of venture into true expansion and the space was very very the the space on the first floor is very large um and at one point how many employees did you guys have about 30 employees on the floor Wow. so we we needed a they needed i guess i say we i was uh, a young boy at this time um but they needed a space uh that was conducive for the type of growth that 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 they had in mind and, and and that was a perfect space when was that uh, we purchased the building in 1988, and they had a floral shop there, and they were they, they had a lease. So we waited until uh, 19 November of 91 to open, and we had an opening November of 91. Yep. So we were very happy with that. Yeah, that was. Um, I think that was a great a great move by. By you guys, obviously, um, the neighborhood has changed quite a bit, and we've made a nice home uh, out of that building. I, I'd say I, I've got a lot of memories uh, walking those floors. So it was it was really really strange um, seeing ourselves out of there. But I think I don't know if we're allowed to talk about this, but we've got some nice um, some really nice new folks um, that are occupying the space and have totally uh, transformed the space in just the best way possible. Uh, am I allowed to talk about that? Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. absolutely. Okay, um, so we've. I've, you could talk about anything you want. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll just quickly transition because I'm I'm really passionate about that space just because there's so much history with these buildings along the strip, um, and and everyone here kind of shares the same um, sentiment in in regards to kind of maintaining the integrity of the buildings and the style and how they came in and just respecting the buildings and what they stand for. Um, so it, we were really careful with with who we sort of entertained occupying the space once we were leaving. We wanted them to, um, we definitely wanted them to to be on the same page as us. Obviously, we were going to be uh, living together. In other words, I mean, we're we're on the second floor, um, but somebody that was going to respect the space and and not totally change it. Um, and these guys. These guys were were perfect, um, and they've they've got some really cool stuff going on in there. I don't wanna, I don't wanna t- steal their thunder or anything, but it's when you walk in there, you're gonna see some some original some originality that uh, that's really really neat. I just wanted to add that we love our upstairs space. By the way, I couldn't be happier being in that space. Anybody that comes up there, we, we're trying to put up some uh, artwork from different destinations that we specialize in so when people come up there it, they can see some of the artwork not too much but little by little we're trying to get it going so that it's nice for people to come up and visit us even though most of our clientele is 
uh, online or they contact us via phone or email. But, you know, we do welcome visitors to come and see us. It's all really exciting. It, it is very like exciting. It's a, a good experience for everybody involved so far, which is, as the chamber, we love to hear that. <laughs> so um, We love being in this neighborhood. Awesome. I think it's a great neighborhood to be as a business owner and also as a resident. It's a nice area. Yeah. You just mentioned that a lot of your clients come through online or through the phone, and you've talked a lot about how much the industry has changed and what's brought you to kind of bring everything to a focus here in Andersonville from what used to be a lot of locations and obviously going from more like manual processes before, you know, there's the internet and computers and all of that stuff. But what is the benefit and what is something that people can really expect to experience working with an actual travel agent as opposed to, for example, going online through whatever, you know, knowledge all of the different yeah. knowledge i think that is the key point uh, online without a doubt you can get some good deals however when you are working with a travel agent you are benefiting from the knowledge that they can give you another thing is that uh, the experience so we know a lot of the suppliers that that offer to different destinations that you may want to travel so the idea is working now with, you know, do your research, absolutely, you know, but don't spend 15 hours because after 15 or 20 hours of doing research, you may know a destination more than I would in some cases. But if you want to go to a destination that most a lot of the agents specialize in, you can find out in an hour and somebody put this together for you and present you a plan. And reality, you're not spending much more than you would be doing it online. So a lot of it has to do with time. Mm -hmm. um, Can I interject here? Because I really, I really do love this question. Um, yeah. It's the reason why. Um, I mean, we. It, it's 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 been a big emphasis on on my contribution to the business. I feel like it is so it's so critical. It's so important for to con for consumers to to really understand where the value lies in in working with a travel advisor um, because like you mentioned, or I've, I think we've mentioned a couple times here um, in a very uh, digital driven uh, industry world that we live in now, um, people, including myself, feel very uh, uh, self-sufficient um, in regards to how we get things done. Um, it's, uh, would I rather pay someone to help me with this or can I do it myself? And it, the answer is, nine times out of 10, I'd rather do it myself. Um, so, um, just to, just to kind of clear the air, you're, the consumer's never going to pay more by using an, a travel advisor or using a, a travel agent, if you will. Um, the, the true value is with the consultation. Um, all these products and packages that are, uh, promoted and listed online, we have the same access to. Um, we're set up to have the same access to. Um, we can sell them the same way that they're they're sold online. The the difference is you, you do get a one on one uh, consultation, and that's our value add to the to the consumers. Is that if anything goes wrong or if they have any questions uh, with where they're going, they can pick up the phone and say, "Hey, this isn't right." Or if they misconnected on a flight, instead of dialing an eight hundred number, you've got your guy or your girl, 
your consultant uh, dedicated to you and, and committed to making sure that uh, your traveling experience goes smoothly. How many times, and those that are listening to this will may say yes or no, it may have not happened to you personally, but how many times have you booked something online and then need some assistance with it? Be it you want a king-size bed or be it you want a special arrangement made when you arrive at, at the destination or do you want something special? And this cannot be done via online. You have to call. There have been a and lot it's of infuriating. Pe- infuriating. A lot of the time. It's uh, just, an hour just and a half wait, 40 minute wait. And it's, I mean, so much so that they have the callback option now on some of those, and where it's right. like, put in your number and we'll call you back because you're going to be waiting for two hours. Well, it's a lot easier to call your travel agent and say, hey, listen, can you get this done? You don't know how I get it done, but I get it done. I'll call you back a few hours later and say, it's done. Or whatever the, the, the outcome of what you requested is. That is the value in many cases. Do, do, do you have the time or do you want to spend the time doing all this? Do you, but you do want the experience. We can make that experience happen without spending all the time doing it. A lot of people say, and I want to have control of everything that it's done, that everything that we do on a vacation or on a trip, I want to make, have control of everything that's done. And I, I can't, I can't change your mind or maybe I could change your mind, but but that's something that somebody's personal opinion is. However, sure. nowadays, do you really want to spend all that time? You know what you want. Have somebody get it done for you. Yeah, and our, our objective is not to change your mind or sway you into making a decision. It's to help you make a decision that you're comfortable with. Um, so one of the first things we do when we initially consult with with our clients is is we, we get an idea. I mean, there's there's so many questions we ask. I mean... Um, first and foremost, what are they trying to get out of what, what's the purpose for their travel? Um, who are they traveling with? Uh, what type of properties or styles of travel are they used to? Um, and obviously a a critical component to, to what we propose, um, is, is, is also budget. You know, obviously there's, there's all types of budget interested in all types of travel. Um, so that's really, I think kind of sums up what the value is. I think once the consumer understands that it makes them easy, it makes it easier for them to, to make a decision on whether they work with a travel consultant or whether they still feel, you know, that they can do it on their own. Um, but we do have a repeat, a lot of repeat clients, which shows us that, that, you know, what we do is good and, and people find a value to it because we do get a, a lot of repeat business and we have a lot of clients referring us to other clients. So, um, the industry has changed from what we originated. Um, and we've kind of been a chameleon and changed as we've gone along. And they said, well, travel agents have died. I didn't know they were still around. Well, they're alive and they're striving, um, because there is a value. Uh, to them. And we do not charge more than you're going to find online. That is a misconception. That That's interesting. You know, a question that is often presented to us. Could you guys guess what it would be? Us as travel agents, consumers asking us um, a question before deciding to do business with us. They want to know how we are in business. So they ask us, how do you guys make your money? Right. 
Um, and it's, it's, it's just, it's really simple. And it's once, once the consumer is aware of this, like, wow, like there's literally no reason for us not to use you guys, but the same way these online wholesalers or these online, uh, players, I, I won't mention names. Um, but the same, the same way they get their commission is the same way we do, but they're getting a commission for just publishing the product online and not doing anything. Whereas, um, we get our commission from from obviously selling the product, but the value is in the consultation. I think that seems like it's such a, it not necessarily a shift, but something that people are becoming more and more mindful of these days. Like, like you said, we can do pretty much anything on our phone or mm-hmm. by ourselves, but I think people are reconnecting with the value of just interacting with other people, the value of like supporting people and their businesses somebody that you can connect with and identify with. Um, And as we've done other podcasts like real estate or just general retail or other service industry things, I think a lot of, we know a lot of people are saying the same things and, and people want to connect and why wouldn't you want to connect with somebody over maybe a trip? That's a really big deal. You know, it's a celebration or it's definitely, you know, some sort of investment. So um, yeah, but it also sounds like people actually don't, have to come in and they can just email you as well right Correct. so it's if they're still kind of not wanting that kind of face-to-face experience that they that can, they can certain, still use your services absolutely we we don't we don't require anybody to come in if you're in the neighborhood that would be cool um but it's not required but if some there are people that want to say i want to know who i'm doing business with it's not over the phone absolutely welcome to come in during our business hours we we encourage it we want them yeah. to come in face to face i think it's a more personable experience but if but if someone's mindful of their time and um that's a priority for them then of course they can pick up the phone call us and and get us on the line that way or obviously communicate via email and and what would you say is like the biggest mistake do-it-yourself travelers kind of commit or that that's a good question wow that's like a good question clicking too soon before reading everything that they're getting involved in. I mean, we're not talking about just a simple airline ticket from Chicago to Miami or Chicago to LA, you know, I mean, that's pretty simple. You may or may not want to use a travel agent. I still have clients that still work with me and there is a definite value add to working with me. Um, even though the even only, for those small trips like that, even for the small trips in, in the, the airline tickets, we do charge a ticketing fee. That is a small ticketing fee related to that. All the other products are commissionable. The suppliers pay us. But why does somebody pay me the $30 or the $20 or whatever that fee may be? Because if you're trying to get out on December 20th and there is a snowstorm in Chicago and there is 150 people in line trying to rebook and you are two-thirds down the line and you don't have a travel agent, you're going to probably not leave very anytime soon. However, you pick up the phone and your travel agent takes care of you. She already is rebooking you. By the time you get to the head of line, you may still have to wait in the line, but you're going to have your ticket already set up and they just have it redone. So there is a value to that. Um, what's the online mistake? I think it's clicking too soon when you're booking a package. There are a lot of details that a lot of people are not reading the fine print. I am not going to I'm, there's going to be fine print when you buy something with me. However, I'm going to highlight what is something that's very important before you make this 
major purchase. Uh, I'm going to highlight the pros and the cons. This is what's going on. This is what you need documentation wise. This is highlight. This is the, this resort is more for these type of clientele, this type of clientele. Right. You're not going to send like a family with like four children to this like luxurious. I'm not going to send a family of four uh, to a place that's mostly for singles, mm-hmm. right? Even though it's not considered a, an adults only property, but it may be a focus that's a little bit different. I'm not going to send families there. Or if you're looking for a quiet retreat, and I know for a fact that this generates a lot of um, singles or a lot of group travel that may be kind of raucous, you know, there may be a lot of noise and you want something very quiet. I, I know the this. And so and I get a lot of feed. I every time a client travels, we touch base with a client post travel to see how it went, and we take notes. If you didn't like a resort, why didn't you like it? You know, and we keep notes of that. So if you do like a resort, we're going to take notes of that. We're going to try to keep recommending the property because we want our clients to be happy. Ultimately, it's not about who pays me the commission. It's about the repeat business and the the client that's happy because he's going to keep coming back and referring. You know, I'm not loyal to the to the product I'm selling. I'm loyal to the customer. As we are kind of coming up on the new year, do you have any travel tips and recommendations for 2020 or anything exciting coming up? Well, there's a lot of exciting new destinations um, that have started this you know, late fall, early um, winter. Um, There's some new destinations to the Caribbean. I'm not going to name them all, but there are new destinations that are coming up nonstop from Chicago. They usually occur on Saturdays or Sundays. So it's, they're geared more for the one week traveler if you want to go nonstop. Uh, So there's a lot of new islands that are coming up with new nonstops from Chicago. Um, If you're planning for this summer, there are some new nonstop destinations. Uh, American Airlines is going to start flying into Prague, which I'm very excited about. Um, I love that city. We we have a we have one of our agents that's just g- getting back from um, Croatia and Prague and Vienna and Berlin, and he has been there multiple times. So we're excited about being able to offer that as a nonstop flight into Prague. Can we talk about how lucky we are to live in Chicago? Um, as, absolutely as well for the obvious reasons and then obviously the um, you know the winters aren't aren't too much to write home about but um, being so centrally located in in the midwest yeah in the midwest in the united states we're a hub well, where you have to fly to kind of get anywhere exactly warm because if you drive you're driving for miles and miles and absolutely miles. but if you're looking at tips for this uh winter warm tips there's always like february uh, where should i go in february mm-hmm. <laughs> uh anywhere in the caribbean is warm there is also mexico even though it gets a lot of bad press it's generally very safe for it's US like the bad press chicago gets a lot of this stuff happening on um you know the crime ridden streets of the south i mean Yes, it's, it's really unfortunate, absolutely. but it's it, the media over kind of over over tells the story. Um, Mexico, obviously, there's the same, you know, concerns, but not not really for the traveler. I mean, none of this crime happens to travelers uh, or foreigners. Um, and usually it's usually it's like 
Well, no, but it's usually like you always hear the story of the like lone person wandered off, you know, like right. that's when like sometimes bad things happen. Like yeah. if you're not smart about your travel. Sure. Just like anywhere you gotta, you gotta be cognizant of those types of things. But, but yeah. And a lot of these like stories, it's. I love Chicago. I feel completely safe in the city and in our neighborhoods. Uh, there are times where there are places that you cannot go but that's the same thing when you travel anywhere in the world. Uh, there are there are places where you should not go late at night in dark corners, but generally speaking, um, you'll be safe in most beach destinations in, in Mexico. Moving from Mexico, there's the Dominican Republic, which I think is extremely safe. Okay. Where are all the direct flights from Chicago? All right. So we have nonstop to Cancun. We have nonstops to Puerto Vallarta. We have Punta Cana. I believe there are flights into Turks and Caicos, which is an amazingly beautiful island. We have multiple flights to the Cayman Islands, which is my personal favorite. Mm -hmm. uh, we also have uh, flying into, I believe, St. Martin. So and I believe St. Lucia, Caribbean. these are all mostly Caribbean or Mexico. San uh, Juan, Puerto Rico. San Juan, Puerto Rico, uh, Cabo San Lucas. These are all nonstop flights from Chicago that are warm weather destinations. Uh, very lucky to be from Chicago. Very lucky to be from Chicago. <laughs> but I also wanted to mention we do have not, if you are going for a little longer, why not go to Hawaii? You have nonstop into Maui. You have a nonstop into Honolulu. Uh, beautiful destination. Don't have to... Everything is in the U.S. dollar. Everything is in English. Uh, it's a, it's inside the United States. You fly with your, um, I just your driver's license right now. Uh, very soon, the real ID will be coming up. We're uh, not bringing that up in this. Podcast. No, no, not this podcast. <laughs> uh, but we're still uh, a ways we'll away. Still ways, uh, well, a few months. In, in any event, there are quite it's a few October warm weather right? destinations. Yeah. But I want to. I, I do want to say something. I am a Spain specialist. And if you really want to go something very different, um, you can go to the Canary Islands. We have one of our agents, Juan, has been to the Canary Islands, and he has visited a few uh, resorts there and the towns and experienced it. We are very well versed. It does not take a long time to get there. Uh, another place that you can go in the wintertime, it's not a beach destination, but uh, I love it, is Madrid. Europe is su is is super um, cheap, super affordable. Very now. affordable. Got flights into Madrid, um, Lisbon. Part of the year. Can we Barcelona. not talk enough about Lisbon? It's beautiful, and um, we've been there. We know what places to see and to stay, and what to eat, and what music to listen to. So, yeah, I mean, there's so many ideas. In one podcast, we cannot possibly do this all. I'm sure. And is there a destination that's kind of like more overrated and maybe one that's more underrated? Can I give opinion? a vote for this one? I think the most overrated destination is Barcelona. I will say that. Absolutely. But it's still... A, it's, still it's worth a, seeing. I don't want to discredit anything that Barcelona offers, any of its history, any of its uh, charm. Uh, obviously, it... it it's desirable by many people, but I think there are other places I would rather travel before. Having been there, I've been all both to Barcelona multiple times. I've been to Madrid. I've been to Lisbon. I think for those people that say, I want to go to Spain or I want to do the Iberian Peninsula, I would seriously consider Madrid and Lisbon. They are two amazing cities with a lot of history 
and very affordable. The food is yummy. The wine is delicious. The beer is inexpensive. You know, I mean, those are the things that we... we All of Chicago is going to be going there. <laughs> I, I mean, it, as we're uh, coming into well, this winter, I'm like, okay, with great, three let's go. <laughs> with, Well, we will be there in January. We go there every year. Uh, and every year, we, besides being in Madrid um, for a conference, we also um, try to learn about, we go to visit other cities in Spain, um, as well as um, Europe. And what about... Um, Let's see. How about the underrated? Like where, where's a great travel location that not many people go? Lisbon, I think it's, it's starting to get, it was underrated. I think it's coming back. Um, there are places in the small towns of Europe. Some of them are underrated. I mean, everybody knows Paris, London. Well, I, when I, when I think of an answer for that question, I'm Rome. I know now like, with all the like the social media influencers, you'll see like one person travel somewhere and boom, it's it's a hit now. But really, I th- I think there's so many affordable places to travel throughout Europe. I mean, I'll go ahead and say I know right now it's trendy, but Croatia is an amazing place to go for for uh, for a nice bang for buck, especially Dubrovnik. I think I think they are also going to be flying nonstop or American is going to be flying via. I, I saw that someplace. They, they are. And I think that that's amazing. One of my favorite cities is Dubrovnik. Beautiful. Affordability is, is a, is a key component with that too. Um, the dollar stretches really far out, out in some of these, some of these cities that weren't traveled to, um, historically. Um, I want to say that, I'm going into another tangent, but we do a lot of South America. Amazingly, we are specialists in South America, believe it or not. That's where we started is our our market was to Latin Americans, and we focused our specialty is Latin America. One place that I love is Buenos Aires. I don't want to say it's underrated because I don't think Buenos Aires is underrated, but in Chicago, not everybody says, oh, I want to go to Buenos Aires, but that's a nice destination to go. Direct flight. Not yet, but via Miami, Dallas, Houston, Atlanta, you can go. What carriers go there? Um, American Airlines, United. Delta. Delta. We also, another destination that I don't know if it's underrated, but not a lot of people know about, and we have been there multiple times and we sell it often, is Peru and going to the Sacred Valley. It is an amazing trip that if you try to book it online, that seems like a really complicated trip to book online. It's, 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 it, it, you don't want to book online, something like yeah. that online. You right. want to go with someone that's uh, that's been there, done that, walk that path, mm-hmm. and knows what to recommend. And what time of year is is good to travel? Um, outside of the rainy season, so December through late February is not ideal because it's it's misty, rainy, um, and if you're tr- planning on trekking. Um, in the, if you're planning on trekking the mountains, that is not recommendable in the rain. But I went in February and I still totally enjoyed it in the Sacred Valley and Machu Picchu was wonderful. Yeah, it's one place on my list that I want to go. Well, Juan Carlos is also, and myself um, have been there often and uh, can give you some good tips. Amazing. So we're kind of 
coming a little bit towards the end, but what is some advice for somebody who might want to become a travel agent? Now that they've heard how amazing how it heard, is, how great it is. Wow. There are some, I'm going to, I'm going to start and I think Stephen will finish. I think there are some schools that offer a travel program in their, um, in their, in the school. Uh, I don't know if it falls under certain under other categories, but there are some universities or colleges in the area that may offer it. DuPage uh, College, I think, offers it. I'm not sure if Lake County offers it. I'm not sure of any familiar Chicago uh, schools that may offer the program. Um, there's also an organization named ASTA. It's the American Society of Travel Advisors, which we are a member, and they offer a, a course that helps people that are interested in, in, in becoming travel advisors. It is a career for someone that has passion about traveling and likes to work with people. It, you do get a sale, you sell, because what we're doing is selling our product. However, you really need to love to, to work with people and create vacations for them. Um, albeit a small trip to... Vegas to a huge 32 day trip on a cruise or you kind of have to like to, to destin to travel, to work with people and offer different places to see in the world. It's, yeah. it's similar to, similar to many, uh, sales jobs, um, in, in that you, you really have to be personable. Um, you have to share experiences. I think the foundation of, of, of your experiences and other people's experiences is, is a tell to how, to how well you can, you can make a career out of selling travel. Um, obviously, um, experiencing a, a city for yourself, um, uh, makes it easier for you to be a spokesperson for, for that destination. Tell, tell your clients or, uh, your colleagues, um, you know, why you love this place, why, what you didn't like about it. And it's those, um, those types of experiences, um, that make you, make you good at what you do. Um, to answer your question, uh, a recommendation on, on anyone interested or possibly, um, considering, uh, a career out of travel. I think, I think if like, like Giselle said, if you're passionate about travel, um, and you're personable, I, I, I think you can absolutely make a career out of travel. Um, if if anybody has any questions about how they can jumpstart a career in travel, I'm awesome. we're well, like we're we always open to those types of questions. So on, please reach out to us. Questions, like um, call us, email us. I'm, I'm happy to share. But um, <laughs> but we've reached the point in the show when we ask um our guests which Andersonville business would uh, they like to trade places with for a day and why? Wow, this is a really 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 fun. Yeah, this. Uh, I love the neighborhood. I don't. I don't know if we've said it enough. Well, each of us um, have may have. A I different live in the neighborhood. I so work in the Steven, neighborhood. You go first. I I dine. I shop in the neighborhood. I I breathe Andersonville. So this question is extremely uh, difficult for me to answer on the spot like this. I'll I'll go ahead, um, and I won't answer it with one um, one place. Uh, rather, I'll give you two. Um, I'll, I'll I will have to say 
I'll, I'll narrow it down to two. I'll say Vincent and I'll say Hop Leaf. Um, one, aside from travel, what I'm extremely passionate about is food um, and culinary experiences, which obviously go hand in hand with travel as well. You can, you can, you can get a culinary, you can find a culinary experience out of travel. Um, but one of my dreams and aspirations would be to. Uh, to be like a chef and and have my own my own restaurant, um, and whip out the food the way I want to do it and create the experience of dining there the way I like it. And Vincent, the way they do it, is is so unique, has great neighborhood vibes, and obviously, um, what what they've done at Hop Leaf is really special. Um, when they acquired the space next door and expanding and their beer garden and just the variety on their menu. From a drink perspective, the state-of-the-art tap, tap system they've got there, um, you, there's never a short of, shortage of options. Um, really, really big fan of that space, that place. I want to be Scotty for a day or work at Simon's Bar. Really. I want to be a bartender for a day. I'm going to have to talk to Scotty about this. I want to be Scotty for a day and work at Simon's Bar. <laughs> I want to be a bartender for a day. I'm going to have to talk to Scotty about this if, if that can become a reality. Would but you I've always... dress up as the Viking when we need you? I can make a drink. Because sure. that's one of his neighborhood responsibilities. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> All right, amazing. All right, I think he'd be down for that. Can you imagine a, 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 a Cuban-American dressed gosh, up as a Viking? We, we don't get the tail <laughs> turned on us. <laughs> Yeah, that's. I'd be down for that. I don't know. No one's ever flipped it back at us before. Hmm. And you guys love. I mean, you guys. You guys know better than us. All the, all the neat spots. So it's probably even well, more challenging to, for you guys. We have to open by saying that we love all of our children love, equally. It's really true, um, but even though we don't. <laughs> Um, um, well, I, I, I had a group of two, there were two friends and myself and when women and children first bookstore was up for sale years ago before Sarah and Lynn took over, we actually vied to buy the bookstore. So always I wanted the bookstore. I didn't get the bookstore, but I would work at women and children first. So cool. So, yeah. so cool. Yeah. I love what, I love everything they represent. I, I think that, uh, I th being in this neighborhood for Time, I would say I haven't been here for 50 years in Andersonville, but I've been here quite a bit of time. I really like the bond that a lot of the um, the store owners have with each other. I like the the vibe of walking down the streets and and seeing people just in their neighborhood making purchases. I think this is, and maybe I'm just self-contained and I'm not, or not self-contained, but I'm a little, not really aware of what else is going on in the neighborhoods in Chicago. But I do find that, that everybody here, there is a degree of support, you know, that people do make an emphasis on working with the other, um, with the other store owner, storefronts or store owners. Uh, so I, I really like everything about Andersonville. Yeah, it's, and, a, it's and a special it's place a, to a, dine, a, shop, and book travel. And if you and we're, we have a receptive business where we bring in um, tourists from other parts of the world that speak Spanish. And they're always asking where to go and places in the city. And 
the reality is Andersonville is a hidden gem within Chicago because it not only has great shops, but it has great dining and entertainment. So this is a place not just for, you know, food and shopping. I mean, it's, it's a little gem of knowing a neighborhood in Chicago. And it has totally really evolved from just like the Swedish neighborhood into much more than that. Yeah. yeah. So I've thought about it for a minute. And okay. Go I, ahead. I think that I would um, trade places or work for a day at Robert Jeffrey Salon because oh. every time I get my hair kind of, I, I like be a, being artistic. Are and you I, a beauty school dropout? No, but it would have been, I would have dropped out. <laughs> it would have been like, you fail. <laughs> but. They always have a good time in there. That's awesome. It's All a fun right. atmosphere. Well, thank you, Stephen and Giselle, for joining us today. You're welcome. It's our pleasure. Thanks for having us. And thank you for listening to Always Andersonville, the podcast. For more information about MENA, please visit MENA.travel. Show notes on today's episode can be found at Andersonville.org. Always Andersonville, the podcast, is produced by the Andersonville Chamber of Commerce. Find episodes streaming weekly on iTunes and Podbean with show notes available at andersonville.org. 